The Kern Institute Podcast Network. All right, who wants to lead the group cheer before we get started? Anita? I don't know. Why are you choosing me? I was never, I was in the marching band. I, oh, I was never a cheerleader. Didn't, didn't do any cheering. I didn't either. Nope. Okay. Well, yet another thing we have to add to our to-do list, create a group cheer before we record. Welcome to Medical Education Matters, everyone. I'm Michael Brown, and I'm here with our regular panel, Jeff Amundsen, Anita Bublik-Anderson, and Herodotus Ellenis. Today, we are taking some time to reflect on a year in podcasting. That's right. You heard me correctly. For one year now, we've been producing episodes here on Medical Education Matters, and I know you, loyal listener, have listened to every single one of them probably multiple times. Bless you and thank you for everything you bring to MedEd Matters. So as we reflect back on a year, we wanted to take time to talk about some highlights. We wanted to look ahead to the year to come. And then we also want to spend some time at the end thinking about ways that we can interact with you, our loyal listener. So that's the kind of stuff we're going to talk about today. Right off the top, let's get started with the highlights of the year, some things that really stood out to us. Jeff? What was one of your favorite moments from this year of podcasting? I think the one that stuck out was the interview with George Kubik, uh, just because it was future orientated and seemed like a unique conversation because of that focus. Um, you know, George is a futurist and and gaining some understanding of what it means to be a futurist really opened my eyes to the idea of the importance of philosophy in a lot of different professions. Uh, George was mentioning that he worked with the federal government in, in talking about strategic planning and developing policies for things that haven't yet happened. Um, so that was rather fascinating. And to how uh, translate that into a uh, medical education conversation, I thought was, uh, uh, at least to, to my ear, very appealing and unique in, in, in what he had to say about how his area uh, also applies to thinking about medical education. Yeah, so that was part of our tech and med ed series. And I loved hearing, I was on that podcast, but you didn't hear my voice a lot. It was uh, Jeff and George kind of racing ahead and finding all these areas where a futurist orientation suggests some really interesting ideas for the way our curriculums can shift. And that applied, of course, to med ed curriculum, but it also applied to curriculum even at the K-12 level. That was some of my favorite parts about that particular episode. Was there one part of the conversation that stood out to you, Jeff? Not really. You know, I think uh, just the, uh, well, perhaps a whole conversation in the sense that the, the the way George was able to tie all the, he tied in some humanities, right, and philosophy and I figured other topics he was bringing in, but he was tying it all together into his thinking. So I, I think that's kind of really what stuck out to me. That just makes my my liberal arts heart go pitter patter when I hear about the integration of like science, humanities, culture. I just I just love that. Yeah, it was cool. It's 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 cool. It brings it definitely a more uh, I say more different perspectives are always good, especially when we. You know, sometimes you get too focused on the science almost, I would say, and then you know, bring those humanities back in, balances it all out. Yeah. 
Well, Anita, how about you? A favorite moment from our year of podcasting? So there were many. I mean, certainly I love podcasting with the team here. It's always fun to catch up and see your shiny faces on Zoom. Um, but for the the medic podcast, I would say the Lori Rodenfeld um, podcast we were talking about rural graduate medical education uh, programs and how they're supported and funded and um, developed. I thought that was just really great because we we need more rural um, graduate medical education so that we can um, funnel our, our 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 graduates from our you know, rural program into those sites. I think that would be very rich and wonderful. I remember you getting excited about uh, the the other program they were developing, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but the OBGYN mm-hmm. residency program. Is that what they were working on? Yeah, they have, they have, Madison has a site, but I can't remember like where it's, no. like how else it's being developed. Right. Um, but I, I love that people are thinking about it developing it and like really supporting the sites um to to make an impact for our you know our populations yeah that was one where i sat back to michael i did like you did with with george and i just because anita and and Lori were just they were going and it was great so it was cool so for listeners who who perhaps have perused our episode list but maybe haven't uh dived in just yet what does medic stand for and what are those conversations focused on? So it's medical education in countryside communities, and we're focused on residencies in rural areas. Uh, we're focused on what happens on the Medical College of Wisconsin, Central Wisconsin campus in terms of the education that's provided here and the people that are needed to make it all happen. Um, so yeah, anything related to practicing medicine in rural, more rural environments is what we focus in on. And some really great conversations there, including, I think our our medic series has done the most to get the voices of students elevated into this platform. Um, I think that that you, Jeff, and Anita have really been leaders in helping us to think about expanding who we talk to. And it'll be fun to take some of that experience and think about what lessons it can teach us for this next year of podcasting, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Herodotus, how about you? A highlight from this past year? So I would say the um, the greatest conversation that I had was with the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee Chancellor, Mark Money. What a gracious man. He both agreed to uh, be the guest in the podcast, but also just provide me with some background. He, the work that he had done, the work that he has done also since about, I think, 2014, when he became the chancellor, especially in uh, bringing some donations to support the missions of the University of Wisconsin, and also to just even consider the bigger um, domains that are important today, environment and the sustainability part. 
and talked a little bit about the uh, water project uh, that is housed in uh, Milwaukee and when it started. So certainly it is, that's kind of the goal that I think we are also thinking in for our audiences is to invite people like him like him or her, they, uh, who can provide us with their background, but also an optimistic, perhaps, future for our world that we live in. You had such an interesting and wide-ranging conversation, getting in toward the end to talking about vegan cooking. That was one of the things I liked about that conversation. Are you a vegan, Herodotus? I am not vegan, but certainly uh, the conversation became because uh, Mark is also a chef. So, um, and that's kind of quite a bit of his background. So we had some conversation about favorite recipes and um, reaching out to him if I needed some help with um, cooking. So so it, it was a, a very uh, collegial conversation that kind of encompassed both local but also global. And I think it's important for Kern and the dissemination and transforming medical education that we are working on. Right on. Well, for me, the piece I wanted to highlight as a favorite moment was something that Herodotus and I got to do just last week. We attended the Kern National Network's annual conference, and we got to talk about podcasting. We were partnered with a student podcasting team from the University of Wisconsin-Madison's Medical School. Their podcast, which I highly recommend you subscribe to, is called What Brings You In Today. They've been running for about four years. They've produced uh, four seasons. They group their episodes under seasons. They have about 60 episodes up, uh, really bringing a kind of a narrative medicine focus to the work that they do. Uh, it was so much fun to see students who are engaged with this, as well as students who are making efforts to plan their podcasting beyond their own start and end dates of medical school, but thinking, okay, how do we, in our third year, in our fourth year, how do we make sure we're bringing on first and second years to get involved with this project, build their capacity to make podcasts, and then keep this podcast effort growing? It was so neat to have that. And then Jeff and I, yesterday, we just got to talk with them and record an episode where we talked about our podcast and talked about medical education in general. That was such a cool thing to have those partnerships uh, and to to feel like we're part of a community, a podcasting community. It's all virtual. We're all hiding behind our computer screens. Podcasts show up on your phone. It's not really a social experience. So having this chance to reach out and talk with other podcasters and do a group presentation with them was a lot of fun. I will add, Michael, I just found out today that one of our M1s graduated with the person who established that podcast. Oh, neat. Yeah, sure. at least they went to the same high school together. I don't know if they graduated the same year, but I mentioned it today. He's like, oh, yeah, I think I know the person who started that. So sure enough, small world. That's really cool. And we know there are other podcasts here at MCW as well. Um, this is a potential growth area for us, I think. There's the, let's see, one of them is called like Well, 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 I think. So let's let's look ahead to the next year. Um, we've done one year of podcasting. It's been so much fun. But I think we all have areas of things we're excited about, opportunities for growth, et cetera. Anita, you want to start us off here? What's something you're looking forward to for the next year? So I'm really interested in um, the development of the website 
for through through Kern regarding our podcast, and it'll just give us a different, you know, opportunity for marketing, for communication with the audience, for suggestions and comments, and um, and connect with uh, social media that way. I think it'll it'll just kind of layer l- layer on um, some more opportunities. Yeah, we, we do almost no marketing right now. This would be a good thing to have and, and to think about what that social media piece might look like as a way mm-hmm. to get ourselves out there in front of new eyes. You know, related for me with this kind of new eyes piece uh, and related with the KNN stuff and the what brings you in today, I think there are lots of opportunities for other partnerships that we could explore. And Anita, once that website's up and running, it just gives us a little bit more of that public face. And I hope we'll start to make some of these partnerships more possible. Yeah, that's exciting. I think that's just an area for for growth. I think you're right. There's been some work that you've done on the medic front to reach out. Isn't there like a rural rural docs group that you've had some contact with? Well, we've reached out to those groups that are part, I think, even of Lori Rodenfeld's uh, uh, rural graduate uh, programming. Um, yeah, we're hoping then to establish that cross-pollination like we did with the uh, uh, podcast from UW-Madison in that we have a way of uh, promoting what they're doing. In fact, uh, I did reach out to Lori and say, hey, you know, if you, they'd have a YouTube channel. So I said, you know, let us know if there's something coming up and we can promote it on our on our uh, podcast and, and you know, and likewise, too. So I'm trying to reach out and see what those groups are capable of doing and, um, you know, getting our name out there that way, too. And, and hopefully uh, that affords some other opportunities we haven't, haven't seen yet. Yeah, definitely. Partnerships are a good thing. I think some of that partnerships, too, may come with uh, a broader diversity of guests and other people to reach out to. Herodotus, I know that's something you put in our outline is thinking of what you're excited about or things like that. Yeah, and I kind of brought it up a little bit earlier. So a couple of things are um, who are the guests that we are going to invite? And we want to make sure that we have the depth and the breadth of that um, medical education, education in general, but more importantly, this transformative phase that we're looking for for the future. So that's that part. The other part is um, we're looking to both engage the listeners in getting some input from them. And we are really unsure how to do it, whether we are doing questions, um that we pose that or that we uh, start with a question for our podcast we proceed with the episode and then leave it open for the follow-up episode that's going to be perhaps question number two that is going to add to it so uh, certainly other pieces that have gone through our minds of what to look for and, and how to further enrich our episodes is adding references, adding some notes to the episodes that will allow not only for the audience who is listening, but if um, the audience would like to take a glimpse of what the episode may include, they will be able to do that relatively quickly. 
I love the idea of the episode becoming a bit of an educational repository for the topics that we talked about, like having a reference list. Uh, it's a little more work on our end to put it together. But if that means it can stand as a, a lasting piece of educational information, I think it's worth it. That's That gets me thinking about uh, what I think when you were at the KNM presentation, you and Harada just ran into somebody from the NB, is it what, what's NBCME or something? The, yeah, the like, NBME. That's right. NBME. And that just gets me to like thinking in terms, I kind of got the impression that's what they were thinking is, boy, we could use this as a resource for conversation around assessment and and, and best practices in regards to that. So I, I like that idea of us also serving as a, you know, oh, hey, go over here and find this and you can get some understanding about, you know, whatever. Yeah, our goal, ex- expand our, our guest possibilities. Other guests have this goal of getting their information out there. It seems like a perfect opportunity to achieve right. both goals. Right, right. Yeah. It, it's certainly one of the pieces that is puzzling to me today is medical education in the US for sure. So I think it behooves us to consider this, both a broader audience, um, questions from the audience to understand the complexity of healthcare and transformation of medical education to the future and beyond, because we are in a place that is unclear, at least to me, of what where the train is taking us. And um, I think these are interesting conversations that can take place and allow for our audience to perhaps understand that there is the complexity changing to a pass-fail USMLE, uh, considering uh, longitudinal uh, clerkship evaluations, and so on. It's We can go on forever. And the NBME has at least um, a perspective, and we can incorporate that perspective into our episodes. Anita, in terms of guests, one of the ideas you floated is moving outside of medical education, moving into health professions education, and then even broadening that, talking about dental education, veterinary education. Yeah. I think there are some potentials for those conversations in the year to come? Yeah, I think so. We have... Um... We, we have some leads and um, I think that would be a really interesting opportunity. Jeff, how about you? Something you're excited about for the coming year? Well, you know, many things as always, mine just is always going. But uh, I think one thing that is on the back burner, kind of bubbling up more is is that we, you know, as a society, we're saying, boy, we should value teachers more. We should just pay them for what they're worth and we should do this and that and the other thing. And so I'm hoping that we can have more conversations around what does it just mean to be paid to be an educator, so to speak, and, and how do we increase the value of, of that uh, within any, any institution or in, in the larger society too, to say, you know, hey, fine, we're going to, if you're a teacher, that's what you do, that's what we pay you, that's what you focus on, and how can you then uh, express, you know, the value from that. I'm fascinated with this topic when talking about the transformation of medical education and that the notion that promoting and supporting a group of expert educators may be the opportunity we're looking for to introduce 
transformative elephant elements directly into our curriculum because we have the experts who are prepared to do it, as opposed to someone who has come to teaching through their own experience, through their own clinical practice, and now can bring it to the classroom. I want to see the the elephant. What did you... <laughs> I think that was the elephant. It is an elephant in the room. We can definitely address that. Pedag- yes. pedag- pedagogic elephant. That'd be great. Yes, it's it's the elephant uh, of pedagogy <laughs> and the element of pedagogy. <laughs> that could be our mascot. Maybe Ooh. we need a mascot for our... Uh... Pedagogical elephant yeah. in the room. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, we just had to say goodbye to Herodotus because he is off to uh, do some clinical work himself. So let's move to our last topic for today, which is talking about some opportunities that we're looking for to engage more with our listeners. So right now we speak and you clearly listen. You're listening to us right now. The question is, how do we engage with you more? How do we hear more from your voice, the listener? Uh, And that's a nice thing to say. We want to do that more. But the question is, how should we do that? And what do we want to know from our listeners? Um, So that's the question I'm going to throw to Jeff and Anita here. What do we want to know from our listeners? I would like them to be able to engage in any one of the conversations we've already had, meaning they could propose that we revisit something and they have an opportunity to share their thoughts. I, I will make sure. I'm not sure I've always been doing this, but I will make sure to have my email address in the notes for this episode. And I really do encourage listeners share some thoughts with us. We would love to share them on the air. Of course, we'd love to read them and just keep them private if that's what you're more comfortable with. Or talking really wild here, maybe we want to bring a listener on the show uh, to you know read what they've shared or to share their views and have a co- continued conversation with us. I love that idea. And I think having like an ask me at anything um, kind of episode would be really great where people can submit questions and we can attempt to answer them. Like for Jeff, like he's the pedagogical elephant and maybe he has something as like, cause he's trained in like the, the science of learning people who are involved in education. Like what questions do they have? Like how are they doing things where they are located I think we have gotten some feedback, actually, that and come to think of it, uh, I forget which episode that was related. I have a memory for a di- topic on diversity, I thought, but I thought there was some feedback we had gotten, too. So, yeah, we've gotten at least a couple of emails. Um, so for any listeners uh, saying, well, I don't want to be the first to email, I promise you won't be the first. So go ahead yes. and send that email. And then I could be the elephant. I uh, I actually used to collect elephants as a kid. It was my spirit animal or whatever you want to talk. Really? So, yeah, yeah, I did. I know. That's I, awesome. Elephants are super cool. Something I'm curious to know from our listeners, and again, I encourage folks to send us an email. We kind of have one duration of episodes. We're on the longer end, probably. You know, our episodes are, you know, 30, 45 minutes, usually in that range. We have a format that we try to keep more conversational. Sometimes it's very conversational, like our panel discussing things like this. But even with interviews we do with guests, we try to have opportunities for the hosts also to share their views and to participate as opposed to a formal interview. And I'm curious if this is serving the needs of all our listeners. We have a lot of opportunities to adjust formats, including editing episodes so that there's a small snippet of the episode that we release uh, as as a standalone episode, if you only have 10 minutes, here's key temp- 10 minutes from a conversation uh, or opportunities to change how we talk about things. But we don't know 
what would be most useful to listeners until listeners reach out. So I would encourage that to be a thing listeners can email us about. Jeff, Anita, do either of you listen to some of these short podcasts that are out there, you know, like the the daily or other things like that, that are designed to give you a little bit of information right to start your day? Yeah, I listen to What a Day and uh, that's about 20 minutes, I want to say. Yeah, I don't start my day all with anything. I typically run across random opportunities throughout the day when I'm trying to develop our own podcast. Um, but, uh, you know, one thing I like... Uh, well, I've seen this more on YouTube videos than on podcasts, but like when you search for a specific episode on a YouTube channel, they give you underneath what comes up, you know, the various segments. So you don't even have to go into the YouTube and then try to find the segment. It's just right there and you can jump, you know, to point 10 minutes in or right. whatever. So I think that's a, that's a way of, if, for example, I enjoy our podcast. I might be able to say, well, today I just don't have the time for the whole full four or five minutes. Let me just pick and choose a little bit. Yeah, we could do that by putting timestamps in the notes. So when we describe the episode, it could include the time when that piece of the conversation starts. Right. Love that. Right. And back to our listeners, I want to emphasize that, you know, what got brought up in yesterday's conversation with the group from Madison was uh, reading, uh, you know, listener comments or you know, letters, if you want to say it the old way. Um, on, on air. So we, I encourage you to share your thoughts that way too. And we would gladly, uh, you know, put in the email, Hey, uh, I'm okay with this being read on air and, and we will gladly entertain that. And, uh, you know, it's another way of getting the voice out there for those who maybe just want to put their voice out that way and not necessarily come on. Yeah. And I hope that that would encourage more readers to write in then if they can yeah. see like, Hey, we really care about what you have to say and we want to engage with it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think no matter what we do and where this next year takes us, it's clear there's so much to look forward to. We appreciate you for listening. We hope you will engage with us. Check out my email in the show notes for how to reach out. Uh, and eventually, hopefully soon, we'll have a website up, which will be another way to engage. And social media, another way to engage. So many opportunities for engaging. I think we can really achieve that goal in the next year. All right. Well, on behalf of Jeff Amundsen, Anita Public Anderson, and Herodotus Ellenus, I'm Michael Brown. This is Medical Education Matters. Thanks so much for tuning in, and we can't wait to talk to you soon. <laughs>